Thanks for tuning into the Canadian Beacon Podcast. Canadian events for the regular people. Hello, John. Uh, oh, it's about call. time. Uh, the administrator didn't let me in. He's uh, supposed to have messed. Yeah, oh, I saw it sitting there. It said, Mitt Paul. I said, like hell, I will. That's right. We got to talk about him first. <laughs> got to have a few more words before you get him on here. Yeah. That's right, exactly. So, interesting times, eh, boys? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, let's start off. Uh, okay, everybody, welcome to Canadian Beacon uh, Podcast. We got Paul and we got... Todd and myself, Craig, and uh, welcome tonight to tonight's show. What are we uh, right off the bat? It's uh, U.S. elections. Woo-hoo. Mm-hmm. Did not turn out as expected, did it? Oh, it did. Did it? Oh God, yeah. They, I'm looking at an. I'm sitting in front of an election map right now of the United States, and um, it's a sea of red amongst. Yeah. Uh, some strategic blue spots um, in uh, the heavy urbanized areas, areas along the borders filled with huge illegal populations, the heavily urbanized areas. It's the same as Canada. Yeah. It's uh, the city, it's and illegals get to vote. And, uh, you know, that's why the, the some of, we were watching it at a neighbor's place and the one neighbor was contending that the country is really two countries, but it's the same everywhere. It's yeah, the urbanized yeah. areas, the highly ethnic immigrant urbanized area versus the um, more suburban, uh, semi-rural areas. The same same problem in Canada. Yeah, yeah, so much so. Eh? Mm-hmm. I know you take a look at Pennsylvania, the battleground state that usually is uh, up in the elections. 99.5% of the state is all Republican. And the dummies in Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, they love their crime, their crime speeds, they love their shooting and drug overdoses. Yep. Well, then you have to ask, though, like, that's how that's where they cheat, though, because um, the Democrats know that th- that's basically their turf. Um, yep. You know, they sort of have a, a monopoly of shitholes in the United States and there there's very like they're elect the biggest problem here is their electoral system it's open to fraud like you wouldn't believe yeah and um you know I mean for some reason the right doesn't like to cheat (laughs) I know I know they should be playing their own games yeah they don't and I mean, but then when you're when you're a leftist or communist, I just find that um, you see with them, they live by the rule. The end justifies the means and the ends for them is power. And that's why they do it. Yeah, I mean, power that seen, leads to corruption and wealth. Yeah. And, and, and this is this is how they, they this is how they work. Two perfect examples. Detroit, Michigan. Again, there's video of vans dropping off thousands of ballots. Yep. They allow mail-in voting, which is voting that has no real verification on it. Um, and then you take Arizona, for example, where there's an area, again, Maricopa County, the one in the infamous county and area in the 2020 election, 20% of their voting machines were down and guess where, what, you know, that's a heavily red area. So that's how they do it. They also had a problem when they actually uh, printed off the ballots. They were blurry and the machines weren't even picking them up. Yes. Yeah. When they actually did fix them. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's utterly, it was an election of just showing how utterly stupid and insane people are. Um, you got that guy Fetterman from from uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. Who the heck voted for that guy? He's like uh, he's he's below an intelligence of Joe Biden, who is even who's who's even below a vegetable. Mm-hmm. They got this guy walking around like Lurch. He, he starts off his speech with "Good night," 
it's almost like did they do this on purpose so that they just put special needs people out there so that you can't debate them that they automatically <laughs> win that because it's like kicking a puppy in the face it's it's not fair you i know can't debate this guy uh, it's uh well that's that's the new left specialty they're so stupid that you just can't debate them but um yeah uh I love the speech where he talked about thanks coming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was, he was a dim bulb before his stroke. Yeah. Uh, you know, exactly. so, um, but again, that's another, that's another scam. He got the, they, they, they pumped, uh, votes, illegal votes in, in Pittsburgh and Philadelphia again. You'll find in certain areas of Philadelphia, you'll get two or three hundred percent voter participation in certain um, polling areas. Um, so, and then what they do is then again, they 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 deter or sabotage areas that they know are, are conservative uh, through the machines. But as it stands, there's some good news. I mean, it looks like they're going to control the House. Okay. And the House can, the Republicans can control the House. They're right now, um, the in the Senate races, the Republicans are, are holding 49 to 48 in the Senate uh, races. Okay. So uh, there's, that means there's three more up for grabs. And uh, it could be, you know, they need two of those three. I think there's a good chance that there's going to be a fight in uh, Pennsylvania. There's going to be a runoff election in Georgia. Yep. Um, and uh, Nevada, the Republicans, the, the Republicans leading. <laughs> this is another thing they do, right? You look at Nevada. The Republican is leading by over 2% with 80% of the votes in. I was watching Fox News last night, and there was some places where there was maybe 15 or 20% of the, the votes counted. And they, and they were, were already, yeah, they were already declaring the Democrat a winner. So there's that one. Um, it looks like... Um, the incumbent in Arizona, which is a Democrat, is probably going to win. And then there's um, uh, they're going to do a runoff election in Georgia again. Hmm. So they're one ahead. They they could very well end up to be one ahead until the runoff election is um, completed. So they can't be tied, right? Because the the way that they have it, the vice president is the deciding vote in the Senate. Yeah, she's a tie, she's yeah. a tiebreaker. Yeah. You know, that's uh, I think how, she's how, quite, how's Carrie Lake? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I just said she's she's probably quite used to being in the position of being between two sides. Yes. So, but um, but um, but um, but um. How's that Carrie Lake making out? Is she has she won the? I think Zona? she didn't. Hmm. I don't think Carrie Lake won. Oh no! Here's I've been following this one real close. Yeah. She's a a news person of some sort or a reporter. She was, yeah, a reporter. And she is running for governor of Arizona. Oh yeah. Against this um, Katie Hobbs or something creature. Who's your typical Democrat who oversaw, uh, was in, deeply involved in what happened in the 2020 election in Arizona. Um, she was, Katie Hobbs was winning by like five or six percent last night. As it stands right now, she's within, Carrie Lake is within 4,000 votes of uh, Hobbs with 67 percent of the votes counted. But here we go again, right? Yeah. So this one, this one will not be over either way. So, but what's happened is um, they've stopped. They've stopped counting again. <laughs> oh no! Three hundred thousand uh, yeah, votes are we, coming. Yeah, they're figuring out how many more votes they need to steal it. 
Yeah. So, but this lady, uh, Carrie Lake, has promised that she was going to get to the bottom of what happened in 2020 with election fraud. And if they can prove it in Arizona, they can bring into question the 2020 presidential election results. Yeah, but if, what good is it going to do now, right? It's just it's going to open people's eyes up. Yeah. And that brings us to uh, this. Uh, I was thinking almost the same kind of thing with this Emergency Act uh, inquiry. Like, what? So, what if we show um, that Trudeau would jump the gun and uh, and did it for strictly political reasons and uh, breached everybody's rights for for nothing? What good is that going to do to us? Uh, what what uh, consequences are there for him? None, right? Well, other than neither care, right? Yeah, other than um, his political death. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't. I, I don't know. When was his political death? Like, he, uh, how what, many times what? does he have to go blackface? How many times does he have to do SNC Lavalin? Yeah, and still no. No political. Well, I think event, hotel. That's a history in Canada, though. Is that? Uh, yeah. They get, I mean, you look at Trudeau, he got crushed by Mulroney. The Mulroney government eventually got crushed. By Chechen, Gretchen. Yeah, and... Um, Martin and them. Yeah, Martin uh, got hit hard by... Um, which is was kind of a sad thing, because I actually respected Paul Martin. No. Um, by Harper. And then um, Harper eventually got hammered by... Uh, Trudeau, and because every all the millennials thought he was cool, um, but um, he, he's he's dead man walking the next election. Yeah, you can only hope, eh? Yeah, I mean, but the problem is the damage is done, right? Yeah, yeah. What repercussions, right? Nothing. Yeah, the repercussions like the people I come in contact with in a day to day basis. Liberals and indie peers. They just don't care. Well, how about uh, they're like, well, you know what? It would be so annoying to live near honking anyways. He did the right thing. Whether it was today or tomorrow at noon, it doesn't really matter. They deserved it. They should have been kicked off the streets. And the PCs is just going to solidify the PCs. Doesn't matter. You're going to have a coalition again. At worst. Yeah. Unless I could see next election. Honestly, the way that we live in this clown world, I can see the liberals get a majority. Why not? No, I don't see it. I, don't I see think it. that the done. Yep, my concern is, uh, you know, you have these, uh, you know, uh, uh, technically a conservative uh, minority government, but then them getting booted out, boot, uh, booted or beaten out, or I can't even say the word, uh, by again by an NDP liberal coalition, right? Oh, exactly. Um, yeah. I remember. I remember Joe Clark had finally defeated Trudeau in an election, and um, Canada at that time had a huge debt deficit and debt, thanks to you know Papa Trudeau's uh, spending like a drunken sailor. Yeah, Junior is the same way. Um, so Joe Clark proposed. Um, Increasing a gas tax at the time, it was minimal uh, in today's standards. And the idea was is that he was going to do that and put it directly on the, the debt, debt deficit. And he yeah. had a actual payback plan and everything. Trudeau, being the Machiavellian prick that he was, um, figured out through a process that... Um, uh, Joe Clark didn't have enough uh, uh, representation in Parliament, and they got a vote of non-confidence through, called an election, Trudeau won, eventually uh, started uh, increasing the taxes much higher than Clark and didn't apply any of it to the deficit, only spent more. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. Well, that's a blueprint of this Trudeau, right? It's, oh, it's... He spent and put the country into more debt than all the other prime ministers in the history well, of Canada. Well, I like to say is uh, um, 
uh, tough times make strong men. Strong men make good times. Good times make weak men. Weak men create uh, tough times. And uh, he's a child of privilege. Just like uh, getting back. Uh, I don't know. Do you guys want to go back to the E Act? EA Act? Um, um, what do you call it? Um, uh, the whatever. British North American Act. You're not talking about that. No, no, I'm just sorry, the Emergency Act Commission. Oh, the, oh yeah. Yeah. Did you see uh, Trudeau told Ford early on that the police could handle the uh, the uh, convoy protests and yeah. then still later went ahead and uh, imposed the Emergency Act? Um, did you also see the Commission Council today, Gabrielle Poliquin, collapsed? Yeah, I saw that. That uh, the, did he just have a booster or what? Well, that's Something well. All I know is there's speculate he's in stable condition right now, but this possibly he had a stroke. Oh yeah. What from global warming? Probably. Yeah, or racism. Uh, take your yeah. pick. Um, yeah. But did you see our esteemed Minister of Finance yesterday? No, it's just day, be day before yesterday where she <laughs> went on explained the sacrifices she's making for uh, inflation where they their family canceled the Disney Channel. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I figure they can afford another uh, million dollar mortgage because of that, can't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, and then, and then, yeah, then she... Um, uh, a couple uh, a day or two later comes on and says uh, she's privileged. She realized this whole thing has made her realize she's, she's privileged. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You think? <laughs> what what a most twat. Neighborhood in Toronto. Eh? Yeah. What a what a yeah. She's, she's just a clown. That's, that's, uh, that's uh, the successor to Trudeau. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of, out of the frying pan into the fire. You'd think, you know, there'd be somebody stupider and more arrogant and out of touch than Trudeau. Well, oh, <laughs> there she is. There, there you go. Yeah. Typical example, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. So, well, talking about stupid, it looks like uh, Toronto is uh, trying to, in one good, new, one good round of news, it looks like they're lifting. Um, uh, the the coronavirus uh, mandates and letting all workers come back to work, um, but at the same time too, it looks like they want to reinstate masks in all public areas. Well, that ain't happening. Not when it, when did they uh, they say, is that what they say they want to do, or or is that the public health that said that? Public health wants the top doctors to look at reinstating the the mask mandates, but uh, the city council is now going to be letting. Um, I think I think what it is is like a, a veiled undertone that we just don't have enough employees and we got to let these people back. And it has nothing to do with civil rights or human rights. Yeah, it just has to do with uh, staffing issues. They're just grossly understaffed. You have to go train people going out, and you have teachers or EAs go out. Everything that can be done to run this country under the ground, they're doing a really good job in doing so. Hmm. Yeah. So that's what's coming out of like the Toronto area. Oh yeah. And you see, uh, well, the go bus drivers are all on strike right now, eh? Yes. Yeah. And uh, I think we're going to see a lot of strikes in the next uh, short time. Um, yeah. One of the, the most hypocritical things they're talking about was they're complaining about uh, Ford with the notwithstanding clause. Uh, trying to use that to keep the the school uh, janitors and EAs and all that um, working, and they're saying, "Look at the violation of our charter rights." And where was everybody when everybody else's charter rights were being violated? Uh -huh. You know, like where uh -huh. where was everybody? Like you, you violated. You, you didn't say a word about that. So. What's the big deal about, you know, they they already seen they can get away with uh, screwing around people's rights, so why not give it another shot, right? Well, he uh -huh. vilified all of the, the people that didn't want to get vaccinated and refused to, to release their thing. Uh, they can't arrive camp. Yeah, everything. Everything was jerked around. And then they even broke privacy laws, and they were actually getting the, I believe, the RCMP tracking people with their app. 
That's right. Yeah. No inquiry. No care. No. No court. Yeah. No. No worries about it. Just carry on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's like where uh, they had that uh, a few years ago. They had that. Was it flooding or fire or whatever up in that one uh, uh, small town up in uh, BC? And the RCMP uh, did a search on everybody that owned firearms and and illegally entered their homes and and seized all the firearms from everybody in that town. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing was done about that either. No. No, it's selective outrage, right? Whatever fits yep. their narrative. Um, you have Trudeau that's saying, "How dare, uh, how dare uh, Doug Ford do this?" Yeah. I'm just amazed that, uh, and the judge just found that Doug Ford and his uh, sidekick doesn't have to testify, right, at the mercy of that. And now, was that just a provincial court judge or the superior court judge? Did they say? I forget. Todd, do you know? Yeah. Because that, you know, that you'd, you'd wonder why they wouldn't appeal that. or But then again, they don't want to appeal anything because then that would, uh, they can say now, oh, look at, we tried, but, you know, it didn't work. Oh, so sad. Too bad. Well, yeah. Unless Ford is complicit with it, because I, I would think if I was Ford, I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to rescind that. I'm going to go and testify and throw Trudeau into the bus since he didn't have my back for this uh, non-withstanding cause. Yeah. They must seem to be so compromised. Some of the things I can control, uh, I can deduct from that. Yeah. It makes you wonder what, what evidence or what can um, Ford um, be embarrassed by or what details would he give at this emergency um, hearing? You know what I mean? Include mm. him, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, I um, I'm really disappointed in that. It's a whitewash. The whole point is, um, well, I mean, look at the 9/11 inquiry where Bush and Cheney went and finally testified privately and together. <clears throat> yeah. The same thing is the people who are ultimately, ultimately at the end of the day, those two people are primarily responsible for what happened. They're the ones that everybody wants to talk to. Yep. And, um, you know, they uh, they get away scot-free. Yeah. Did you guys see Jeremy McKenzie's uh, testimony? No, I, I missed that. I haven't uh, uh, watched a video on that. How'd that go? He was amazing. Yeah. He sure. absolutely destroyed um, any any of the ideas that so-called diagonal was some sort of because of ultimately the the government representatives who uh, invoked the EA um, were trying to use this so-called diagonal as the motivation for them having to call the emergency act and all through the testimony it just showed it's just some sort of farcical joke. Yeah. That, um, and it's a podcast of disaffected Canadian for disaffected Canadians to sit around and listen and complain about the way the country's being run. Um, and people get together that know each other, get to know it like everything on social media, right? Where people get to know each other. Everybody knows that we're heading in the wrong direction and could be become very dire, but nobody has ever said, oh, let's all get together and march on Ottawa. Yeah. It's like, no, no. So um, that idea, that meme uh, is not going to happen. So if you really look at this thing, it has shown that this, has been completely unnecessary. Yep. And the only thing left to do is fire the people who are accountable. Yeah. And you oh, know, I, I see uh, CSIS Emir warned the the Privy Council saying you could create uh, extremism by enacting this act. You know. Exactly. And that's exactly what's happened. Yeah. You know, exactly. 
you know, they made a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah. Does that and, go to serve their purpose too to collect their firearms? Yeah, and that all it's in a vacuum. Yeah, and all all it has done now is woken people up, absolutely discredited the uh, the, the the governments of Ontario and federally that they've lost the, the consent to govern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, then also, if nothing is done about that, the institutions that have let it go, the courts, the police, police um, forces, um, CSIS and everybody, they need to be purged. Because if they've done nothing about it, then they're just as corrupt as the government. Yeah. Oh, oh and the press. The, let's not let's not leave the press out. Yeah. Well, the yeah. the press the press is one of the major uh, contributors to this whole farce uh, overall. Um, did they did they interview the CBC yet? Uh, I don't know. I, I thought they were supposed to. If, if anything to do with the CBC, like you know, nobody's going to watch it. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> but uh, it would have been interesting to see uh, them getting just destroyed by the 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 convoy lawyers. It would have been good to see that. Yeah. Oh, I love speaking of the CBC. I loved it today, where uh, uh, you know, where Freeland was going to cancel Disney. Paul Avier went and said, "Well, let's cancel the CBC." <laughs> <laughs> Instead of saving eight dollars or sixteen dollars a month, let's say what let's save one point two billion or whatever it is That's that right. they yeah. shovel into the CBC every year. So well, it's funny that like I follow this guy Gerald Salante of mm-hmm. uh, Trends Journal, and he refers to the media, which is more the mainstream media, as prostitute. Yeah, and that's what they have. They've sold their souls. They've sold their bodies, and they're just lifeless corpses out there, just speaking heads for. Who's to the highest bidder? Ger- Gerald is quite a colorful character and has a, a very interesting vocabulary. He calls he calls the people on Wall Street the white shoe boys. <laughs> Who's that? Jeremy McKenzie? No, Gerald Salente. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he's pretty much bang on with his predictions. I don't know if you've uh, looked into him and that he 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 gets yeah. he gets it right. He gets, it right. He gets interviewed on USA Watchdog a lot. Okay, and uh, I listened to him. He actually uh, uh, did uh, live coverage with uh, Greg Hunter of USA Watchdog last night, but um, somehow, uh, for some reason, their podcast got interfered with and and kept cutting out. But did you also a really? Uh, I'm just looking at an Indian media article where CSIS has warned. The federal government that the China, the Chinese uh, consulate in Toronto directed funds to eleven federal candidates in the twenty nineteen election. Wow! But they won't. Wow. And then, and my question is, they were who all the liberal fuck candidates. Were they? Yeah. Well, the article said, "Oh, they were liberals and conservatives." I wonder. Yeah, I bet they were. I I mean, come on, man. Let's name names on this. Absolutely. Yep. And of course, Trudeau then gets on his um, high horse and starts saying that China's interfering with Canada's democracy. And his girlfriend there, Melanie Joy, then Jolie, then uh, also echoed uh, what he said. And then I guess China just basically told him to shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> but isn't it funny that how many months ago did he say that he admired Xi Jinping? Eh? Well, when he first ran, yeah. Yeah, he, you know, and, and the guy, the guy's up their ass. I mean, like Craig's, Craig's story last week. We're actually hiring Chinese firms to guard our embassies. Yeah, members of the 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 Red Army, basically. Yeah, like you know, embassies are um, points of very clandestine and. Um, 
confidential discussions and you're actually hiring Chinese government employees to be on the site? Yeah. Basically, you take over from what the the right now is being done by the military, Canadian Forces military police. Yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Well, essentially, um, it, it, that's, that's foreign nationals, and that's sovereign ground of, 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 of the country. Yeah. Is that, even, is that even legal, or is that treasonous? No. It is legal. Yeah, anything's legal as long as they, it's done by liberals, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm reading a really interesting book right now um, by Ray Dalio. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ray and it's Dalio. called Principles for Dealing with the Changing World Order. And it really is timely, actually, for me to read this because um, wondering where we are and what's the future likely to be for us. Yeah, and he went back and he studied a lot of societies and empires in the past, studying their beginning and rise, their duration, and then ultimately their end. And he concluded or concludes that most empires and countries and states have a a six stage life. Yeah, and um. You know, there's a beginning where the state becomes formed. There's the buildup of the state where they allocate resources and develop uh, institutions and bureaucracies, which leads to peace and prosperity, right? Yeah. And then when, like, you know, like the uh, strong men make um, good times and uh, weak or good times create weak men, you end up with a stage four, which is, great excesses uh socialies and the values and quite decadent corruption yeah uh you end up with a uh, debt then you end up with a wide widening of the wealth between the rich and the poor like what's what has happened since 2008 yeah and the pandemic also the political gap between the elites and the common people then you end up with bad financial conditions and intense conflict. What's happening right now in Canada and the States that there's really no consensus amongst uh, different aspects of society. And they're constantly uh, in conflict with each other and really find no middle ground. Like you yeah. were say, referring to, we're starting to see, we'll start to see a lot of strikes because of the inflation. Yep. And that's the bad financial conditions. And that's this is always what's happened is uh, the debts created inflation and high interest rates and poor economic conditions. And stage six is civil war uh, revolution or external war. And I think we are definitely in stage five and quite possibly getting ready to step into phase six. Yeah. And to me... It resonates what he's what he's explaining because um, you know here we are right. But give some of the listeners a little background. Ray Dalio, that's a smart man right there. He's a billionaire, multi-billionaire, running uh, the conglomerate of com- companies. Yeah, he's a hedge fund manager. Firm. Yeah, and um, his philosophies. He is a historian. He, he goes back and looks at trends. And he's a very, very smart man. And a lot of people go to him for counsel. So yeah, he speaks, and you he, And he's really predicting an eventual clash between China and the United States of which he thinks China is going to prevail. Yeah. And I, it brought me so far a lot of understanding of China. Yeah. You know, I used to, my general consensus of them is they're a bunch of dirty communists, right? And... Um, but if you look back at the history, you know, they were a huge empire at one time. Yeah. In pretty much the 1400s, you know, they invented the printing press long before Gutenberg. Um, they invented gunpowder, astronomy. I mean, they were, they were very advanced. Medicine. 
Yeah, and they fell into, like all empires, they uh, fell into disarray and got creamed by the European powers, humiliated by the European. They actually, I think they call like the, um, the Opium Wars and the Boxer Rebellion and the period of uh, subjugation. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. Oh, yeah. So this is, this is ingrained in their culture. So when they're looking at us, they're not looking at us as a friend. <laughs> no, by all means not. No. Yeah. And, and, of course, and the thing the Chinese think in, in terms of generations, they don't think of things in four years stints. Exactly. Like everybody else does, right? Yeah. And they have, and Trudeau was partially right. As a leader, they have the ability to turn on a dime because they don't have any regard for human rights of their own people or the people they're against. That's right. Damn. Hero. 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 What happened there? (laughs) Yeah, we got got bounced. Got bounced by the good old, uh, what do you call it? Time limit. Time limit, yeah, yeah. No, that was really good points you're making, uh, Todd, about that in that book. That sounds uh, really interesting. I, I yeah. had an interesting experience uh, actually today. Uh, I was talking to um, a couple of people that worked at a financial planner uh, office that we deal with, and they're talking about uh, you know policing and things of that nature. And I mentioned about, you know, how 1984 and the micro, you know, everything's under a microscope for if you're in policing nowadays, like your GPS in the car, you've got a camera on your chest, you got a camera in the car. Um, they know how fast you're going. They, you know, they, 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 they know what you're saying in the car at the same time. You know all these things. I talked about 1984, and the the two two ladies went 1984. I go, yeah, the book by George Orwell, and they go, they go, is that when? I never heard of that. I go, you're kidding me. I said so. I uh, directed them where they could uh, read it, and they were just astounded by the the whole concept and saying that sounds like what's happening now. I go, no kidding. You know, (laughs) welcome, yeah, welcome. Welcome Take the red party. Welcome yeah, to the party. Take the red pill. Yeah, well, and and you know, kudos for you to to get them to. I'm I, I'm talking to everyone I can about this book. Yeah. Oh, just oh. an amber alert. Yeah. Uh, nuclear missiles are inbound to uh, the city of Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver. Good. <laughs> Another parent not return their kid on time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really, really. Yeah, nuclear weapons have been detected, and their natural targets are Seattle, Chicago, <laughs> New York, Ottawa, Ottawa, Toronto, yeah. Los Angeles. This just in the Conservatives just won the election. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the advantages that we have as Canadians is that um, real estate is uh, very valuable. And I don't, I'm hoping that it just doesn't happen. Um, But by God, these idiots that are leading us right now, they're, these these um, armchair generals and yep. who's uh, stepping us towards uh, yeah confront uh, confrontations yeah I got I've got a question for you guys for your opinions is that what's going on in the ground in the Ukraine are the Ukrainians starting to gain the upper hand are we just being fed propaganda. Well, I think when you send Sean Penn to a war zone, 
or to talk to the world's number one drug dealer, I don't think nothing good can come from it. Um, <laughs> when he when he hands over his Oscar for safekeeping, I think you're going to see very shortly <laughs> Ukraine fall. And it was interesting before the midterms, you had um, the Biden administration urge Ukraine to go to the negotiation table to try to see what they can get from Russia. Did you mm. guys hear that report? No, that's if that, that's they huge. were expecting a big red wave, right? Mm-hmm. And they know that the Republicans won't back any of the stuff that they're they're proposing because it's more of a Democrat proposed um, uh, substitute war. Yeah. So I, I, I think Ukraine is losing big time. I think they're losing big time. The more that you see Ukraine in the news, it's funny. The more you see the Ukraine in the news, it leads me to believe that they're losing. Because when Russia was taking over cities, it really wasn't taken in the news. They don't televise the stuff that actually happened. They televise what want they want to happen. That's my take on it. There's a lot of green screening, I believe, going on. Just like we saw in China during the first Rona outbreak, uh-huh. we don't see people here like they did in how yeah, they fed us from Italy around Europe uh, uh, from from China. They're not passing out face down in the streets, getting dragged away by the heels. Yeah, uh-huh. but that's what we were led to believe that this is what we saw. Um, yeah, I, I just don't buy it. I think he's an actor. Well, he was an actor. I think he still is. Yeah. And I think they're flaunting in your face. Like they have, they almost have to tell you that. They, he got presented with an Oscar. I don't know. What, what do you draw from that? That's the weirdest thing ever that you go to an active war zone where Putin, this bad guy, can drop a bomb on him at any time possible. He's not leaving his country. Doesn't he know where the, where the government sits in Ukraine? Is Putin that dumb? He's not just dropping a 500 pound bomb. Yeah, really? Yeah. But John Penn can find him to hand him his Oscar. I don't get it. Yeah. We're worried about the Russians ruining our election over here and interfering with Facebook advertisements. And yet we just let Sean Penn and, you know, you had Ben Stiller there before. These guys are jokes and comedians. I think this is, and then people are like, oh, this is good. When you've got Hollywood on your side, I think you're, I think that this is your part, one foot in the grave. That's my opinion. Hmm. Interesting. They're, proxy, they're, they're, they're proxies. They're, they're patsies to get the U.S. into a war with Russia. Yep. That's all well, we need. Yep. Yeah, I just I watched an interview on USA Watchdog, uh, Greg Hunter interviewing Martin Armstrong of Armstrong Economics. And Martin's a pretty savvy guy. And uh, he brought up some really interesting points is that he believes from his sources that the Ukrainians have suffered 100,000 dead and 300,000 casualties. And mm-hmm. he didn't say anything about what the Russians are doing. And he said, you guys are crazy if you want to unseat Putin. He said, the guys, the guys that will take over are pretty much gangsters. They will think nothing of nuking Kiev. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I think I think Vladimir Putin is a great leader for the people over there for what he has to put up with. I think the whole war, as it came out earlier, mm-hmm. is uh, setting up and blowing up the bio laboratories that were illegally set up over there, moving arms onto their next door neighbor. Uh, the real terrorists, in my opinion, America. They fly have to fly twenty two hours with a with a I don't know bomb B one bombers to go and drop bombs on a country that they don't even have anything any any interest in Libya Syria uh, Afghanistan Iraq all of these places Central America South America they destabilize these countries all the time and they leave at least Russia's picking on a neighbor that actually borders them and they actually have history. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying there isn't bad history there with Stalin and everything else, but when you really look at it, even the United Nations' own declaration has Russia ranked four spots higher in honesty uh-huh. over the Ukraine. They're not good people, and you've got a lot of them that are essentially Ukrainian Nazis. 
Yeah, I don't I don't think Putin is morally inferior to the actions of the American government, and that would include Obama. Uh, I think he's morally inferior to Trump because Trump was probably one of the most peaceful presidents in living memory. Yeah. Um, But I think he made I don't think I think. Putin made a tactical mistake, not a strategic mistake. I think he realized that, you know, he had to stop NATO incursion for the security and safety of his own country. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the way he went about it, I don't think it was any, I don't think it was necessarily more immoral than the way the Ukrainians have been behaving in the past 10 years with regards to the, um, the Russian republics beside it. That's right, killing uh, all the, 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 a lot of the Russian nationals, right? Yeah. So um, I think he could have, you know, maybe been a little more surgical and, um, you know, hitting targets within Ukraine, striking up, sort of like the way the, the way the Israelis retaliate against the PLO and Hezbollah. Yeah. Is, yeah, you know, you, you're going to hit us. We're going to hit you back twice as hard. And I think the whole invasion idea, I think, was a tactical mistake. I don't know. It, it, it's, you have to hit them hard and strong or else you're going to be showing weakness. Oh, um, no, but they could have they could have uh, really smashed the shit out of their infrastructure. Yeah, you know, they could have you know done a lot of things with just some their cruise missiles and and uh, taught them a lesson, basically, in that respect, right? Yeah, it's like, you know what? If you're going to shell the uh, Luhansk and um, Donetsk republics, we're going to smash the shit out of your transmission grid. We're going to smash the shit out of your water stations and your pumping stations. Yeah. We're going to destroy your port facilities and refineries. Yeah, easy enough to do, right? Yeah, hit them economically. Yeah. yeah I mean, there'd be less yeah. loss of life. Yep. And you're not going to be bogged down in a land war. But that, too, might be part of the Russian psyche, right? <laughs> it's like, whatever they do, they got to involve tanks and invading. Yeah, they like to use their tanks. They, you know, yeah. Ever since they the, came up with that T-34, right? They thought they yeah. had the cat's ass of tanks. Well, I've seen some videos of uh, their armored columns. I mean, they're just so freaking, like, I don't know if this is fake. Or they're just stupid. If I'm in an armored column, I'm not going to be ripping up a road, a paved road, an elevated paved road. Yeah. They're just ripping down the road. And they got in a triangulated ambush with a bunch of guys with anti-tank missiles. And yeah. they lit up about four or five vehicles. Hit the one in front and one in back and then have the rest at your leisure, right? Exactly what happened. And... um you know, I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> like, their leadership is just yeah. And yeah. it is, like, you I, know, and I this... think Putin's on course, but maybe does he have the full backing of his generals? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Well, his, maybe his uh, general staffs are are very incompetent to say the least, right? Well, it's funny well, though. Like, what was their last wars? Right? What was their last war? Like, they lost well, Afghanistan. Yeah, well, they, they did fight Chechens. Yeah, Chechnya. They went to Georgia. There was a shit-kicking in Chechnya, too. Yeah. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah, and then they got involved in Georgia, um, Azerbaijan, um, and a couple of those... Uh, in Little Crimea, right? Yeah. yeah, wars in the Caucasus. and I mean, that's the thing about the United States. The United States Army right now has a very good experience depth of veterans um they may be exhausted materially right now and resources because uh you know they haven't been rebuilding their military but um you know they're the most probably one of the most experienced militaries in the world right now because they've been fighting for the last 20 years 20 years yeah well yeah they really haven't been winning though oh they they well, well I should okay. say mil- militarily they're winning. It's yes. just politically they're, just they're not. Politically, yeah. afterwards, they just give it all back. They give the hell back. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, 
I read a really good book a long time ago. I, I still have it. I should reread it because it's co- called The Gorilla in History. And well, there's a couple of things that I've learned from the book is the fact is that historically you can't defeat a guerrilla movement and a guerrilla movement can't overthrow a country. Yeah. It's just a nuisance. Yeah. You have to be such a nuisance that the occupying power leaves like Afghanistan twice or Vietnam, Vietnam is you just make it so costly to be occupied that they just say, screw it. Let's get the hell out of here. Yeah. And um, then you have to be ready to win the peace afterwards, because that's the biggest problem is that, okay, you take power, but you take power of what, right? There's nothing left of the country. What are you going to do, right? Yeah. Well, and does that not go back to your earlier point? If you hit the ports, the power, the water and everything else, what do you have then if you're Russia? Well, the the Russian, I mean, I don't think think the point is for... the Russians to occupy the country because, again, occupation is uh, very costly. Uh, I think their strategic goals were to basically um, put a buffer zone in with the Russian-speaking areas of the Ukraine. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You're talking about the two provinces to the east, right? Yeah, yeah, and Crimea. Yeah. And hang a beating on them to the point where they want to come to the peace table and say enough. Yeah. Sure. I don't know if that's great. happened. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. It's, it seems, uh, you know, if everything that's going on and the, the Russians are taking a real kicking, I think, overall, I think. But. On the same note, I think the the Ukes are taking just as much of a kicking. You know what I mean? Oh, it's it's, uh, it's like what, a war. What the, the 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 Russians are losing because of the U.S. and Western uh, military equipment is more or less uh, making up for the the cannon fodder of the Ukrainians that are coming across and getting slaughtered. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the they say it's didn't you say this last week, uh, Todd? About uh, that, this war is one of the the highest uh, casualty rates because of mm-hmm. the high technology that's yeah. being used. It's like two modern uh, organizations or or political groups basically have at each other with the latest of technology. Yeah. Whereas in all the other previous wars in the last 20, 30 years has been a, a very high difference between the technology levels between the the two uh, fighting groups, right? You look at the Taliban compared to the U.S. military yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, like, you know, I don't know what the ratios are, but, you know, they always have the it takes, you know, so many rounds to kill one man. Yeah, you know, in World War One and World War Two, where they literally fired millions and millions of rounds of ammunition and trenches, and and um, how many people did they actually kill in relation to what they fired? Well, that ratio has dropped extremely low. Yeah, in this war because of the accuracy of um, the weapons. Now, yeah. my question, my question will be. Will they run out of technology before they run out of uh, people bodies? Well, I think and, and that's on that, right? That's a great question, right? Because uh, some of the concerns, like exactly what you said there, Paul, is that the the U.S. is concerned that they may not have enough military equipment and munitions to support a war in Taiwan uh, because mm-hmm. they've been using it all up in uh, in the Ukraine, right? Mm-hmm. That makes a good uh, and, point. And, and, and the beneficiary of all this is China. They're just sitting back. They're not sending one bullet, no nothing. It seems like the biggest help that they they, they, they lent a bomber, I believe, a bunch of bombers into the hypersonic missiles to Russia. But you just hear reports that Iran just giving them kind of like dumb bombs and uh, like kind of dumb drones to go uh, come across over there. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think China's just buying their time to just let these two knuckleheads wore it out, sitting back, let them collect more debt. They got more ownership of the state, and then it's like hit them when they're hit them when they're depleted. Yeah, that's what you you guys bring up an interesting point because it just reminded me about what Martin Armstrong said that he said, "Why wouldn't right now China invade Taiwan?" Iran attack Saudi Arabia because those are the they will eventually go at each other. Yeah, said this is getting close to the the best time because the Americans like another thing that's kind of scary is the fact is that what you brought up, Craig, about the Americans depleting their stocks just from one little war in the Ukraine. Yeah, they won't have the resources to take on. You know, they're they're built like they have their their carrier task force. Well, yeah, their carrier task force will be able to fight a short 30 uh, days. Yeah. What's happened when they can't get resupplied, they'll be extremely vulnerable. Yeah. Well, what about the national oil and uh, gas reserve that's always that's being depleted right now to lower gas by a dime? What is it? Uh, you're looking at uh, military morale at an all time low. They're hosting mm-hmm. trans parties at the White House. Um, mm-hmm. They're trying. To, they're lowering entrance entrance qualifications into the military. Yeah, worrying about pronouns. This is a problem. <laughs> yeah, this is a problem. And then I don't. I don't think they need to shoot a single shot. Uh, China. I think it'd be smart to just like, hey, let's get out of this situation. Let's back up, and then we can come walking through the Taiwan door. That's what I would do. Yeah. I, I just heard something yeah. today that the U.S. military is in their recruiting process are getting uh, the kind of recruits they're getting now is, are all people that want to work in the logistics and uh, and the uh, supply clerks. They, they're not getting any war fighters. No. Yeah. No. Volunteers to be war fighters. No. Yeah. Um, speaking of shortages as well, again, Canada leads, uh, got to lead the way in the world for that is uh Canada is uh, basically does not have a a war stock of ammunition or, or equipment anymore because they gave it all to the Ukraine. They gave uh, there's a that interview with this one captain um, from uh, a artillery unit unit in Shiloh, and it said their their entire uh, artillery unit. Have no artillery pieces. They were all given to the, the Ukrainians. Like, yeah, I wonder how long they lasted. Yeah. Was that Tom Marzano? Yes. No, uh, yeah. not Tom Marzano. Uh, uh, oh, the guy's name escapes me. No, it wasn't Tom uh, Marzano. He was a captain, and he was fired uh, as, as a result of his uh, vaccination choice. And Yes, I heard him interviewed. Yeah, he was interviewed by um um what's uh um jeremy's friend there derek derek, derek. Grant. yeah derek or, yeah derek uh interviewed him yeah yep which is a really uh, uh a good podcast by the way is uh rants derek Durant, Rant. yeah I, I just it's, subscribed to that yeah you can get him on rumble yeah i've met yeah. him Oh, neat! Yeah, good guy. Where'd you meet him? At a barbecue. Up in Ottawa, or or local? No, it was um, just down the road. Uh, he just happened to be in town one day, and someone said, "Todd, come over." Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> and I went, "Oh, hi, Derek." <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. What else we got on the go out there in the big, uh, big country of Canada right now? Uh, anything else that's been really uh, hitting the waves there at all? How about the rumors Amazing. of the diesel shortage? The the rumors of the nasal diesel diesel shortage. I know it's, it's trying to be funny. There's uh, look, look there's going to be a shortage. There's no nasal there's, shortage. I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, there's that. shortages of noses in Canada. That's yeah. the latest out there, and uh, the stocks are dwindling and they're trying to you know see what they can snort up mm. <laughs> yeah the diesel shortage that's a, another good thing yep 
That's is that uh, affect Canada or is that the U.S. stocks? It seems that certain states. Yeah. No. More yeah. than Northeast, it looks like. I see uh, yeah. diesel's running around two dollars and twenty three cents a liter here. Yeah. Um, what they're saying, uh, this is a Forbes magazine article. We're saying because we, the United States, at one time was importing about seven hundred thousand barrels a day from russia uh, okay and uh Why you know shifting they can shift gasoline to diesel production but they can do maybe a five percent swing yeah so um they're talking about importing diesel now from europe <laughs> that's just the dumbest thing it, around when Trump was president, they had excess. They actually overfilled the the reservoirs of the natural. Uh, yeah, all the reserves ready reserves for like ten yeah. to twelve dollars a barrel. Yeah, those knuckleheads claiming victory over at, at around what seventy bucks a barrel. Yeah, Stupid. I wonder why I could do the way. Yeah, closer yeah. to closer to Canada too. Have you heard with the Pierre Polia uh, talking about um, the shortages? Um, the increase in uh, child respiratory virus and um, how all the, the labeling issues with uh, children's Tylenol. We can't find yeah. it on the shelves. No, you yeah. can't. You can if you know where to look and we, we were able to scoop a couple up. Um, but um, yeah, for the most part, they are not easily found. And a lot of uh, pharmacies, some pharmacies still have them. Mm -hmm. They're behind the counter. But um, they are not wanting to part with them. Uh, I don't really know what the labeling issues are. Um, you guys know, that, that's all I heard is that, well, they, they have problems with labeling issues. And there's actually some that in the States, they're having a difficulty getting them as well. That's yeah. interesting. Along with children's amoxicillin suspension, the antibiotic yeah. that is for children. They cannot, there's a, there's a national shortage um, and they're, they're not expecting it to get any better until February. Uh -huh. Right in the middle of uh, fever like season. Yeah, well, exactly. hopefully they, they get to it before that uh, season gets too bad, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, on that fine note, gentlemen, we're down to our last two minutes. I think we can wrap her up for the night. Uh, we have uh, lots of stuff to go out in the latest uh, podcasts of the Canadian Beacon. So thank you, gentlemen. We, it was a, another good discussion. So you've been listening to the Canadian Beacon podcast uh, with our our guests, our full-time guests, I should say, um, our co-hosts, Todd, Paul, and myself, Craig. Have a great night. Cheers. You have been listening to the Canadian Beacon podcast. We would love to hear your comments or suggestions. Please email us at cbpodcast at codegeco.ca or follow us on Facebook under the Canadian Beacon.